Welcome. To Arcade Audio. And my name's Peyton Come on over Cause we're still waiting It's movie night And we're both gay It's hard to find A movie that way Lucky for you We found a few It's queer It's movie night Hi Hi. Welcome to Queer Movie Night I'm Dad And I'm Peyton It's not a Halloween episode (laughs) But I wanted to It's very much So the end of June I started saying my name And I was like I was like Oh I should be spooky, I guess. <laughs> no. Don't let me start stuff like that. You're too kind. <laughs> too funny. We're not even really wa- I guess it's like a thriller, but we're not even really watching a spooky movie, so it's funny. No. Actually. <laughs> what is it? What is it genre-wise? A genre bending. That's why I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. I One guess it's like parts. a I would say it's like a comedy thriller i guess comedy thriller yeah yeah i wonder what google calls calls it google calls it mystery comedy okay that's that's fair but see when i think of when mystery i think of mystery comedy, I, think I think of like murder mystery like yeah exactly yeah like knives <laughs> out Aniston, yeah. adam sandler movies yeah this yeah. is definitely like there's like heavy subject matter or like heavy it like, it's true black maybe black maybe like dark comedy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I guess we um, should say what it is that we're talking about right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today we are talking about the classic Paul Feig uh, directed film. Uh, I almost said Knives Out. A Simple mm-hmm. Favor. A Simple Favor. A Simple uh, Favor. With uh, Anna Kendrick and Bombshell uh, Lake Lively. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. I wow, wow. wow. Remember, uh, distinct. I remember vividly the the photo shoot of Blake Lively holding the man's legs open for <laughs> for this for this film. <laughs> totally. Oh man, um, this is Peyton's pick, and yeah. I was selfishly very excited when you chose <laughs> it. Uh, for some reason, I never thought. To choose it because in my mind it wasn't like queer enough, but right. one, what is that really? Yeah. And yeah. two, like watching it now, because I this was probably my third or fourth watch. Mm-hmm. And I like we love this movie. Kayla and I love it, but yeah. I haven't seen it since probably 2020. And yeah. even watching it now, I was like, oh, it's like literally all right there. Yeah, like yeah. Linda Cardellini is literally her ex-girlfriend. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it was more explicitly queer. And I'm like, it's like I did know, but for some reason it wasn't like it wasn't on my radar ever for the right. pod- It's like I did fried green tomatoes and I didn't yeah. even give <laughs> flavor. Um so why why did you choose it, Peyton? Yeah. Um, well, I was trying to think one, I was trying to think of something fun because uh previously last week as you all remember we covered or last the last episode we covered the the crying game and i had not watched it yet but i knew that it dealt with some heavy stuff so i thought mm-hmm. we might need something a little more fun um, Love it. and i also 
wanted to cover something that I had seen because I'm currently visiting my family and I didn't um I didn't want to try like some new thing that I hadn't seen and and maybe didn't like it. So I had watched it I watched it with my mom and my brother who had never seen it but I knew that they would love it and and they were obsessed. They loved um, it. Yeah, they loved it. Good. Um Logan uh, told me this morning he was like did you know they're working on a sequel and i was like no i didn't um, oh that was when there was a, a chalking point i was gonna bring up yeah <laughs> because i did not know either and like i feel like i'm pretty well plugged into film updates yeah um, yeah because well literally i follow film updates the actual <laughs> twitter but like i keep up with that with that shit i'm just yeah. like very on my pop culture news especially when it comes to media so i was like how the fuck did i not know but i um was doing some googling and some reading about the film this morning and it right there it was like a simple favor sequel confirmed it's going to be taking place in capri italy all of the cast is coming back and they're filming right now oh i didn't even see capri italy and i was like, yeah and paul Fega is directing again which is amazing. exactly how it should be yeah yeah, yeah. um I, I feel like this was kind of a runaway success like i feel like it was a small movie that did a lot better than they expected it to. And um, Loki became like a queer cult classic in the last yeah, couple of years. Yeah. So it came out in 2018 and I and I think it like did okay in the box mm. office, but I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah, me neither. Um, and I so I don't know how I missed it, but I remember when we finally like rented it when it came out, we were like, this movie rocks. But I feel like it 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 did well, but it wasn't like wow, everybody's obsessed with this because I remember when it came out, a lot of people were confused about the tone and were confused about um, like how to feel about it because it is so, I keep using the term genre bending. Mm -hmm. That is my favorite part. My, my, I, I love, love, love this movie and I love so many things about it. But the thing that made me like attracted to it in the first place when we first watched it and that decided for me that I loved it was that it is like, equal parts of comedy and a thriller. It's yeah. like Gone Girl meets the the like any other Paul Feig movie. Yeah, like, yeah. Bridesmaids, Ghostbusters. Like yeah. it's very it feels very much so like one of his films. I'm a big Paul fan. I will yeah, watch anything he he does, anything. Um I yeah, big spy fans in this house, big the heat fans. Who who doesn't love Bridesmaids? Yeah. Yeah, say what you will about the ghost all female reboot of Ghostbusters. I love it. Have it on. Yeah, I love the Blue all Red. female Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, I I love that it's like it doesn't really it it does it the tone and the genre is something that is just not common and maybe hasn't been done before. Yeah. And it's just campy enough that I feel like if if they took themselves too seriously or the film took itself too seriously, it would be like cringy. Yeah. But it's like it's it's campy and they know it. Like yeah. I feel like they all know it's this like I I read it I read an article this morning. Somebody compared it to a lifetime movie that got a Hollywood budget. Yeah, yeah. Like so it's very like the affairs, the backstabbing, the murder, the, yeah. the you know, all of these like tropes of a lifetime movie, but it's being done with an all-star cast and it was written and directed by a, a comedic yeah, um, yeah. like movie maker. Yeah. I love it. Oh, that was such fun. a spiel, and I'm so sorry because that, <laughs> you think I chose this movie based on everything, the monologue I just delivered. No, it's so fun. I remember, I can't remember the first reason I watched it, but I think I heard 
that there might be some kind of queer sensibilities about it and also mm-hmm. that just that people were really enjoying it and that it was a fun time so that it's I think so that's fun. why I watched it um and yeah it's so fun um the plot follows and I guess I should bring up the characters' names because I don't know them. I just think of them as Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. Stephanie and Emily. Oh, Stephanie and Emily. So it follows Stephanie, who's a single mom who seems to be like super type A. Like all of the other parents at the school seem to simultaneously hate her, but also envy her. And she has a food blog, um, which is a very fun plot device that they use. Um And right from the beginning of the movie, they tell you that Emily is missing. So you know that something's afoot. And then Mm -hmm. we meet Emily, who's played by Blake Lively, who's this very um, high-powered working woman um, who has a husband, Henry Golding, who is very hot coming off of Crazy Rich Asians. Um, And And a year later, Paul Feig worked with him on Last Christmas, the very... Very polarizing movie last Christmas. <laughs> Amelia Clark, written by Emma Thompson, starring Emma Thompson, arguably one of the worst performances of her career. Um, <laughs> even though she's one of my favorite actresses of all time, and possibly one of the worst screenplays ever written by um, Emma Thompson. But I still haven't seen that movie, but I just know how notoriously bad it is. It's notoriously bad. I the uh, Kayla and I saw it in theaters when it came out. <laughs> and listen, I I I think I probably mentioned this before but and kayla and i were just talking about this last night i am um for as much of a quote-unquote cinephile however you feel about that term i (laughs) i love movies love movies i love tv i consume it all 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 genres all types i love them all and the thing about me that i actually kind of like about myself is that i I still kind of naively am shocked at every single twist and turn yeah. <laughs> imaginable, even if it's dumb. Like, even yeah. if it, everyone else is like, you didn't see that coming. I'm not saying that every time I'm shocked, like, sometimes, yeah, I see things coming. Yeah. But, like, this, the twist in Last Christmas, if you've seen it, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's, like, famously, like, bad and, like, stupid. And I saw it in theaters, and I was like, oh what are you for real like that's how i react to twist all the time and kayla thinks it's so like sweet about me because she's like someone who consumes as much film and media as you do like why yeah, you you're should so notice the is pretty sweet. patterns and the trope yes yeah. and i and i was like that's crazy we left and do you know jordan and charlie our friends um we were like yeah, go see it. It's a good time. And like a week later, they were they uh they were like, "Are you fucking kidding me? I cannot believe you two recommended that horrible movie." To us. <laughs> we watched it. It was the most stupid movie we've ever seen. We were angry. We spent money on tickets. And obviously, like we're we're close friends, so like we were laughing about it. Yeah. But they were like, "How could you ever recommend that to someone? Why would you ever say it was a good movie?" And I was like, "I never said it was good. I was like, I compared it to like a ha- a Hallmark film." Yeah. Hallmark holiday movie that was given a Hollywood budget. Yeah. Like that's, that's how I kind of saw it. And I it's just crazy. thought it was like a good time, but it's crazy that Paul. Feig oh, Michelle Yeoh is in it too. That. It has a stacked cast. Yeah. It's crazy that Paul Feig directed that. Is it a comedy or. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I thought it was like just a romance drama. That's funny. Uh, maybe I will watch it. I know it's bad, but I... it's bad. But if you like those actors, like, yeah, 
It has a great cast. And yeah. if you go in knowing it's bad, yeah, have some fun. Play a drinking game. I don't know. Do yeah. something. It's yeah. There's so many funny parts to it. I know we're not here to talk about this movie. No, you're like, good. So Amelia Clark is like supposed to be like a filled like actress where she's trying to like get her big like Broadway, not Broadway, but like West End debut. And she's trying to like become like a like a <laughs> like a musical theater actress. And she eventually does sing and that it it couldn't it couldn't be more of a mid performance. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like you know, it's like Kirsten Dunst in Spider-Man 3. Yes. <laughs> the actresses who can sing. That's what I call them. Yeah. Because they're not singers. But they're they can. That's yeah, like they can what I think of like too. Anya Taylor Joy, like yeah. last night in Soho. People were like, She has an amazing voice. And I'm like, No, it's fine. She can sing in tune. That <laughs> and that's enough because she's a hot actress and she can manage to carry a yeah. tune. So people yeah. are like, Whoa, she's an amazing singer. <laughs> no, she's not. She's an actress who can sing. What did you that's- think about um last night in Soho? Did you like that? Um I enjoyed it. I will never watch it again. Um, I there thought it. I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think it was anything to write home about, but like the performances yeah. were good. Um, yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. I'm so sorry to totally go off on a tangent. No, you're good. <laughs> other movies that aren't this one, and again, I didn't pick this. You did. So I'm very <laughs> sorry. I just have a lot of feelings. <laughs> it's okay. It's a we don't have a guest, so I feel less guilty. It's just us. You know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. So I was doing the plot. Uh. So she meets Blake Lively. Uh, her husband is Henry Golding. He used to be a writer, but he doesn't write anymore. So now he's a professor. Um, and Blake Lively is, she drinks, she swears. She, she's a very unconventional mother, but they Mm -hmm. strike up this friendship, uh, which is fun to watch. Um, and Stephanie, uh, one night when she's drinking, she tells Emily that she slept with her half brother at her dad's (laughs) funeral. Kayla and I were talking about this when we were watching it last night, and I leaned over and I was like, "Don't you remember how fucking shocking this was the first yeah, time we saw it? Yeah, like jaws dropping." Dave Franco, Dave Franco in a non-speaking role. It's not Dave Franco. Oh, who is it? It's um, it's what's his nuts from Schitt's Creek. Oh, it is him. Oh, it's, yeah, you're right. yeah. I don't remember his name. I think his character's name is Ted in the show. Yes, but I, but I can't remember. I can't remember the actor's name. Know. But you're right. It is him. Um, that it is so shocking to have I'm, like I'm shocked that an incest storyline. Yeah, and I'm shocked that they left it in. Right? Because like for I'm I'm assuming that's a plot in the book, and I'm I'm shocked because the film does seem to want us to take Anna Kendrick's side, and it's crazy that the that they just leave that she she's has, a brother fucker. Yeah, and that I her, love and that, that her son is her probably, a brother fucker. And that her son is probably like his an incest son. Baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm an incest baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Like yeah. it is a shocking storyline. The thing and is, they though, drop you... it pretty early in the movie. Too. They do, they yeah. do. But the, what what I love about it though is like I still am on both of their sides. They both do horrible things. Yeah, yeah. I like like that's Stephanie's... an aspect that I like about this movie is that like everybody is a bad person yeah but you still kind of root for everyone yeah 
you certainly, I mean, I don't know about you, but I certainly still root for Emily. Oh, I absolutely. think it's just because I Blake would Lively. absolutely let her destroy me within an inch of my life. Well, and her, her backstory and stuff makes her sympathetic as well. Mm-hmm. But, but, um, but yeah, talking about Stephanie, I mean, even without the incest thing, she's this woman who is using her so-called friend's disappearance to boost her views on her right. mo- on her mommy blog and yeah, <laughs> and um, spending all this time with her her husband and her kid. Um, like it's not morally great; it's yeah. bad, and she's <laughs> fucked up. But so yeah. is Emily. Yeah. And- yeah. I think the tone they of deserve the film, each other that way they do they deserve yeah. each other and also the tone of the film like allows you to still like them yeah to be like oh we're aware that they're fucked up and yeah. that they're bad people but, but isn't like, it fun to watch but aren't they fun yeah, yeah. Or don't they have like don't they have like <laughs> sizzling chemistry yeah <laughs> do you like this tension they have um so yeah, she tells her that she slept with her half brother. She starts calling her brother fucker, and then Emily asks her for a simple favor ah. to pick up her son from school because she's dealing with something at work. So she picks up her son from school, and then she doesn't hear from Emily for two days. And then she starts asking around. She's like, "Hey, uh, Emily's work. What's going on? Where is she?" And they're like. <laughs> You know what? She's in Miami and she can't reach Emily's phone and she calls her husband and her husband's like, I don't know where she is. So um, she starts getting worried. So they don't know where Emily is. Eventually, a body is found in a lake. Shocking. Um, shocking. Also, again, the first watch, you're like, <laughs> she's like oh, she's, she's dead. dead. It's been like 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. In a two-hour movie. <laughs> and they show her body. Yeah, so they show like, her body. That's her. That's her. That's her. She's dead. It's her tattoo. Her <laughs> ring. Uh, so she's dead at the funeral. I was watching this with my brother and I was like, God, uh, Stephanie needs to stop being horny at funerals. Like, it's a problem. That is such a... Okay, I l- actually <laughs> love that through line of it. That, like, grief makes her do this. Yeah, like, yeah. Makes her almost, like... <laughs> immediately romantically attached to it like Kayla said this too last night when we were watching because she because she'd already told the story about her brother mm-hmm. and that she was a brother fucker the night of her <laughs> dad's funeral also the fact that she's like he's the spitting image of my dad yeah like, yeah Jesus Christ <laughs> um that she like ha- that she does sleep with Emily's husband the night of, of Emily's, Emily's funeral. funeral yeah and even like when there's a not to like get right to this either, but like when her, when Emily and Stephanie do actually kiss and have like mm-hmm. a physical moment, like it isn't a moment where Stephanie is like emotional and is yeah. upset about something. I feel like yeah. she's like driven by like, yeah, it's like, and it's like, almost like I feel like Stephanie's character is so tightly wound and like so anal retentive that like, and anal retentive. When she when she is vulnerable, that's like when she lets her self experience like that sexual side of her almost. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that is an interesting. 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 Yeah, yeah. So we find Emily's body, and we're all like, "What?" <laughs> but that, so then Emily or Stephanie starts like taking care of uh her husband and sean and his son 
um, and like cooking the meals and things. But then one day at dinner, Emily's son is like, oh, yeah, I saw mom at school. And she was oh my God, talking to me. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> Again, twists and, and turns. She, <laughs> we're getting me in this one. And she wanted me to tell Stephanie something. I what did you want her to tell Stephanie? Do you remember? Um I don't remember. I don't remember. Sorry. But it's something sassy and funny. Mm-hmm. Um and so the dad d- just basically feels like he his son's going through grief and things like that, but uh, Stephanie is worried and she keeps getting like signs that like maybe Emily is still around like she cleans out her closet and then she comes back and all oh, that part, of her clothes that part's so scary. it's so scary all of her clothes <laughs> are back in the closet uh, um, I feel like there's something else too also when she like, she gets the envelope Oh, she gets, she gets a, a, the son the, brings an envelope. Yeah, with a picture and it says "brother fucker." Brother she fucker. gets she gets a straight up phone call. Yeah, from and Emily. And he yeah. still he still doesn't believe her. Yeah, he husband. thinks she's going crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I want to go back and say, like, when she's looking for Emily and she finds that picture for her at her job and she uses, it, I was like, that's such a horrible picture to use for her. Oh, and they, they, they're <laughs> but friends. it's like the only picture there is of her. Yeah, I know it's a terrible, terrible <laughs> picture. Well, because it's because then you find out it's her, her long lost twin, long lost twin slash triplet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so eventually. It is revealed that Emily is still alive, uh, but but she's not coming to see Stephanie. And Stephanie's sort of looking more into her past. She uses a painting that uh, Emily has from an ex to track the ex down, which is a, a very sexy uh, Linda Cardellini playing a lesbian artist. Uh, murder me <laughs> i love linda cardellini oh me too. i've me always too. always always since the beginning of time since she was on er <laughs> oh Scooby i haven't Duty, seen her on er i was obsessed with her on er and then looking back now i'm like oh duh that's why was she a doctor on er mm-hmm. oh fun um and i always loved her in scooby-doo yeah. Obviously, as Velma. I loved her in Legally Blonde as uh, loved Chutney. Her in Legally Blonde. <laughs> yes, as Chutney. And then, like, I think it really drilled home for me, like, oh, I, I full-blown, like, have a thing for her. In Dead to Me. Dead to Me? Uh, impeccable. God. Impeccable. She's just... I, she's so good with when her, When I like, finished Dead to Me, I was sobbing. Oh, I, I like, actively can't Unconsolable, even yeah. No, I love that show. Um, um, she, I think she does like so much too with her one scene. Yeah, like it's she's so good in her yeah, one scene, and also, actress. so I know we're kind of bouncing around right now. Yeah, um, that's okay. But like for the for the queer part of this story, there's up until you get to the kiss, which the kiss is not till about three quarters of the way. Right. Through the movie, or a little over halfway through the movie, and like, it's a flashback. It's a flashback. It's a flashback. To when, when you, she was talking to her about her brother. I think yeah. if you're watching it, you know how some some things you see where there's queer subtext or mm-hmm. queer nods, or it's queer coded, and a straight person might not see it, but a queer person absolutely does see it. Yeah, I feel like a queer person 
I mean, it is like, it is queer now. Like we know that, but like a queer person maybe could think they were just seeing subtext until you get to the scene where Linda Cardellini, like straight up confirms they were a thing they dated. And I think that confirms like Emily's sexuality because she is so flirtatious with Stephanie yeah. and there is so much tension between them the whole time. And there's yeah. nods to it. She makes that threesome comment too. Yeah. But like, I also want to say that in the final standoff, I know I'm jumping ahead too. No, no, the no, final no. standoff between Anna Kendrick, uh, Henry Golding and Blake Lively. She looks uh, at, she looks at him and says, mm-hmm. I loved you. And then she looks at Blake Lively and said, I loved you too. Yep. Yeah. And I I was in love with you too. Yep. And I believe it. Yeah. Well, from the moment that we also I feel like they're both queer, I think. And I think it's supported by the I think it's confirmed in the first scene when Stephanie sees Emily coming out of the car, walking through the parking lot in the rain with her suit on. And it pans to Anna Kendrick's face, which to me is the definition of gay panic. Yeah. Like she cannot compute that what is she see that she's seeing like the most beautiful woman she's ever seen and doesn't know how to like deal with it. Yeah. And then they do like the play date and I, okay. Also never been into Blake Lively. I just don't think like, I feel like she's such like a straight man's crush. Yeah. Usually like, I don't know, but Blake Lively in this this movie, movie. Absolutely could murder me. Like <laughs> the style, the suits. Yeah. Like, but also I love that the, suit her personality. When she shows up with the red gloves, the black oh, suit with the red yes. gloves. Oh. The suit in the in the cemetery where yeah. where just open, no bra yeah. underneath. Yeah. She I I love her personality. Mm-hmm. I think it and she's so like flirtatious and she's like domineering. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just think it's so sexy. And I obviously that's the point. We're supposed yeah. to find her sexy. <laughs> also love when they first come home and she starts taking apart a suit that seemingly has yeah. a thousand pieces to it. Yeah. Even that's just so hot. Yeah. Just yeah. like her taking off like little bits and pieces at a time. Yeah. While cops, telling, while telling Stephanie, yeah. Yes. While telling Stephanie never to apologize because that's something that women have just been doing and society tells us that we have to apologize. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm such a lesbian. <laughs> I'm such a sucker for this. God. It's so good. It's so good. And you can uh, tell like Blake Lively had fun with it. Absolutely. What else is she going to play a character like this? Yeah. She's like lively. Yeah. I think that this is one of probably one of the, the movies where she got to do something that she like actually thoroughly enjoyed. Didn't she like go through a thing with wearing suits in real life during and after? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Or she was like, okay, this actually works for me. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like she wore a lot of suits around the time that this film came out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. No, they for, look great definitely for the um for the promotion and everything she was like. Yes. Yeah. Um, so where was I in the plot? They find out Sorry. Emily's alive. No, 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 it's fine. She finds Linda Cardellini, and she finds out that she knew her under a different name, and then somehow she traces her back to her to a summer camp that she went to. And she finds out that she potentially had a twin and their names were Hope and Faith. And she uses that information to track down her parents, which is Jean Smart, Jean who I forgot Smart. was in this movie. Same. <laughs> always iconic every time. Oh, we my God. Her. We were like, <laughs> I couldn't remember who it was. 
which insane. How could yeah. I not remember that? <laughs> Big Gene Smart stands. We love Gene Smart. Absolutely. Both hacks and designing women fans yes, in this yes. house. Um, oh, in the Brady Bunch movie. Always was obsessed <laughs> with her in the Brady Bunch movie. Oh, yeah, she's the slutty slutty neighbor. Yes, she is. (laughs) Yes, she is. She's always drunk or hungover. Always flirting with the Brady boys. Yes, yes, yes. Um, When she first, when Stephanie calls her and you hear her voice, we were like, fuck, I forgot it's Gene Smart. (laughs) I hope there's more Gene Smart in the sequel. I feel like I I, would love that. I would love more. I need, I need, uh, I need Stephanie and, uh, and Emily to run away together, and I need Gene Smart to be in it a lot. Yeah, and Linda Cardellini too. And Linda Cardellini, love, yeah. The supporting <laughs> cast is great. Also, yeah. the friends like Andrew Rannells and I know. Put um, Andrew, Andrew Rannells is so funny in this. Aparna, yeah, and Aparna, like, Aparna, so funny. Kelly yeah. McCormick, which by the way, League of Their Own, Alodo yes. stands. Uh, her wearing makeup and looking very femme. <laughs> we were like. Literally made me do a double take, but I did recently <laughs> see her also in a similar way in George and Tammy, the miniseries about uh, Tammy Wynette and George Jones with Michael oh, Shannon. Oh, okay. Fascinating. Just watched it recently and she is in it and she has this big blonde wig and this Southern accent. And I oh, was like, fun. my God, what an act, like <laughs> such a good actor. Yeah. Like, je- like kind of that, um, that thing. Uh, who's the actress who, oh my God, I'm blanking. Who got into the best lead actress category this past year at the Academy Awards? And it was a bit, Andrea Riseborough. Like, oh, I don't right. know if you know, but she's she's like almost such a she's such like a blank a canvas. Yeah, yeah. A chameleon. I feel like that way about Kelly McCormick. Yeah. I was like, that is that person. Um this the supporting cast is so great. I love the cast. cast. Also, a little around. Patty Harrison cameo. Oh, which I yeah, love so Patty good. Harrison. Yeah. Wish there was more. Yeah, me too. Oh, she was so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she tracks down the parents, finds out there was a mysterious fire in her childhood home um, where her father passed away. Then she basically lures Emily out of hiding, I think, by posting some sort of information on her mommy blog. I can't remember what it is. Um, was it when she like alluded to the fact that she knew that Emily was a twin and she knew Emily yes. was watching and then yes. Emily's like, God fucking damn it. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And then they meet up in the cemetery, which is also a very yeah. sexy scene. Well, first me. she meets up with her husband, Sean Henry Golding mm-hmm. and gets a recording of her, him saying oh, right, right, right. That, that he doesn't love holding him at gunpoint saying yeah. that he, that he doesn't love uh, Stephanie and that he always cared about uh, her. Um, she shows up at the graveyard to meet with her and uh, Stephanie tries to blackmail her, but then she tells her uh, that Henry doesn't, or Sean doesn't love her. Um, and then she reveals what, well, not really what really happened, but she tells her side of the story about, um, what happened when she was younger? Her father was abusive. Um, her uh, she used to be a triplet, but one of them was stillborn. Um, she and her sister killed off her father in a fire, um, and then they ran away. Um, and then her sister became like a drug addict, and then she like had a separate life. And her sister was trying to blackmail her with something. Do you remember what that was? 
Just that they were. I think twins? she was just gonna come out. She was gonna come out and say that they started the fire. Oh, okay. He was okay. like, I don't have anything to lose, so I guess yeah. we're both going. You're going down with me. Yeah, yeah. And Emily's like, No, but I'm a mom now. And yeah. her twin sister's like, I don't give a fuck. I fuck them kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, and then they get naked and they jump and in the water. They jump in the water, and Emily drowns her sister. Uh, yeah. And so she was the body that was found in the lake, obviously. Puts her ring on her. Yeah, mm-hmm. puts her ring on her. Um, also, some at some point in the movie, they found out that uh, Henry Golding's character took out life insurance on her with like a huge deductible, um, which was how uh, uh, Emily was going to recoup the money that they needed because apparently they had money troubles. Um, so then she says that she and she convinces Stephanie that it was his idea and that he was behind everything or seemingly mm-hmm. when we finally come to the final confrontation, it seems that Stephanie has taken Sean's side and that they trick Emily into revealing something. There's so many twists. I can't keep up. There's with so them. many twists and you but don't she know shoots who's... Henry Golding. But she doesn't really shoot him. She just makes it look like she shoots him. They she tries to get Emily to confess that she killed her sister. Right. And then Emily does. And then they're like, sweet, we won. And then or Emily reveals that she knows that they are lying and that it was a fake gunshot. Right. And that she found the wires that the police had planted in the house and destroyed them. Right. So she was like, I see your stupid plan. And and then she shoots Henry Golding for real. For real. Mm-hmm. But and then out. Then it turns out Stephanie was live live blogging this the whole time on her mommy blog. Mm-hmm. And then Andrew Randall shows up and r- runs his car into Emily. It was it's so shocking when she's hit by the car. She's yeah. hit so hard too. Um, I thought she was dead again. I forgot she that she should lives. be. Like yeah. she should be. I also even though I'd seen it before, I was like, oh my god, she dies at the end of this. Yeah. <laughs> I not to like completely talk about the ending, but <laughs> that we've given all structure is out the window for this episode, yeah, yeah, even more yeah. so than usual. Um, <laughs> there, I, I, I like that Stephanie and uh Sean don't end up together, mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. that I wish there, but I still, so Kayla actually told me this morning, she was like, you know what ending I would have been okay with. She was like, if they all ended up together, like yeah. very I'm gone a, girl, yeah, yeah, very gone girl, very Professor Morrison, yeah, um, yeah. I, of like she was like obviously well maybe in the sequel, yeah, she was like they all had chemistry. I was like, well, in a perfect world, like Emily and Stephanie would have ended up together, but obviously that wasn't possible. But she was like, yeah, but they all seem to like they all had like chemistry and they all like had a thing with him and like maybe they could all live together peacefully and just like be like a throuple. Yeah, and I was like, but they like. Even though Sean does like get in between them and like there's that the like uh, Stephanie has a, a whole affair with him, they do say toward the end of the film multiple times like I like when they're in the cemetery and Emily's like I don't care about him, I don't want him. Yeah, and Stephanie's like I don't want him either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I kind of like that he's just like. Th- I not also feel like to them. yeah, yeah. I also feel like he 
definitely had a thing with his like writing assistant or whoever. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. She comes into the office calling him handsome. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just don't think, (laughs) even though they're both terrible women, I don't think he's good enough for them. (laughs) Yeah. It's the ironic thing is he's actually like a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the least the problematic cheating. of yeah, the whole yeah. cast, but I like care the least about him. But that's yeah. just what's going to happen when you. But actually, Logan, Logan, Logan told me this morning, he was like, I thought they both were going to take him down and then they were going to run off together. And I was like, that would have been amazing. I kind I. So like, I'm hoping like, that's what happens in the sequel. Oh my God, I just burped weirdly. Um, genuinely, that's how I would have preferred the ending to be. Yeah. Even like I would have loved, even like maybe it's a little over the top and like, not necessary, but I would have been a sucker for like the ending playing out how it still did. But mm-hmm. then like another flash forward and it's like Emily and Stephanie, like on a beach sipping pina coladas. And yeah, then, like, yeah, yeah. It all worked out some, you know what I mean? <laughs> then in a perfect world, but also that could happen in the sequel. I'm exactly. so curious how this sequel I'm excited is for going the, to shape out. For the possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've gone over the basic plot. Uh, only thing I think we left out is Emily ends up in prison at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it I seems think, to be thriving. Yeah, seems to be thriving. And Stephanie seems to be thriving. Nothing, nothing bad happened to her. Mm-mm. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what they do in the sequel. Um, what what bits and bobs do we want to talk about? Um. I mean, I've said so much already, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. I, I like, it just really, sorry, you go ahead. You go ahead. I'm, I'm struggling. I was going to say, I like that we, we mentioned this before, but I like that the main characters are messy and morally, mm-hmm. morally dubious. Yes. I like that, that um, they're both, uh, we at least get confirmed confirmed definitely that Blake Lively's character is is queer, and mm-hmm. I think I think it's enough for me that that um, Emily or uh, Stephanie um, says that like I loved you too is enough for me to think that she's queer as well. And I like getting I like that when this movie came out, we were at the point where we have enough queer representation that we can get fun, like villainous. Yes. It kind of reminds me uh, tone wise and character wise to, I care a lot. Yeah. Um, This is so much more fun than I care a lot. Oh, it's so much more fun than I care a lot, but it reminds me, they just remind me of each other in that the lead character, the lead queer characters are these kind of problematic, like, yeah. Kind of fucked up people who are yeah. villains on paper. Yeah. Um, but you still, I don't know, kind of root for them in a, in a yeah. way. Obviously, you root for them more in a simple favor than, and, and I care a lot. But yeah. Um, I, I like, I'm stoked that we're at that, this point now of queer representation where it's right. not making them a villain, like how it's not making them a villain, like, oh my God, uh, gay people are perverts and yeah. run from them and shield our children away. Making no. them a villain in this, in this like really fun. Yeah. Fun they're scam, com- they're scammers and they're. Yes. Because <laughs> queer, queer people be not good all the yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> but we certainly know how to have a good time. Yeah. And yeah. Emily knows how to have a good time. Yeah. 
I also love the chemistry between the two of them is so good. And that's why I'm excited to see them more together. Yes, I know. I wonder, I was like, they have such like a big height difference. Like I wonder like before they met each other and like started filming, if they were like, is this going to work? And then they do. (laughs) Yeah. But also like Anna Kendrick fans are no stranger to uh, shipping Anna Kendrick with other women. Um, You've got a but Chloe, but Chloe, but Chloe shipper right here. <laughs> Unfortunately, Becca and Chloe from Pitch Perfect. Um, they do so much queer baiting, and I can't remember if it's Pitch Perfect two or Pitch Perfect three. But it's all the two it's of fucking them. all of them, Peyton. It's yeah. fucking all of well, them. Well, the first one is much more subtle. Like the second or third one is like really like. Let me touch your boobs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah like they should have just let them be together. It's so infuriating. Yes, exactly. Thank you for saying that. And so does the Pitch Perfect fandom, who are the Chloe slash Cendric shippers. Not to be <laughs> weird and ship people in real life, but um, it's just a thing. I'm not saying I agree with it. I just know about it. Um, I I I like that this movie is like to me. It doesn't feel like queer baiting. It feels like it's actually oh, like. All. It's a it's a part of the story. And I read something too, uh when I was reading stuff about it that said like Emily specifically, her queerness is is so validated throughout the film. But the thing that's refreshing about it is it's not her queerness that is what makes her a bad person. And it's it's not her queerness that is like a big contribute contributing factor to the plot. Like she is kind of a bad person who does really bad things and she happens to be queer. Yeah. It's just a fact about her. It's just a fact about her. Yeah. Yeah. And like you could have the same film, like truly Mm. the same exact film without the, without the, the tension and subtext between Emily and Stephanie, but they did choose to include it. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. I also think that something, Oh, go ahead. Finish. No, no, go ahead. I also think something that's really compelling and something that I love about this dynamic between them is that Emily knows herself so well. She is so comfortable in who she is mm-hmm. and and her sexuality. And Stephanie's kind of the opposite. She's like so desperately wants to be liked, so desperately wants to be perfect. And she brings out this like this other side of her this like true side of like who stephanie really is yeah and that's like what's good about the relationship between them and i love that 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 um that stephanie gets to discover her queerness with with uh with emily yeah she can really you said it like she can actually be fully herself she Mm -hmm. probably had never told anyone the story about being about her brother oh absolutely not she tells but she does tell emily and i think it's because they can be their true fucked up selves together and And she's like you don't need to apologize for anything no and they just so happen to be like attracted to each other yeah and they make out sometimes which by the way great kiss yeah good one (laughs) it's a good one and i hope there's more this i'm i'm really hoping for the sequel because i feel like it has become a a queer like cult movie a little bit since it came out i'm like paul fig is is no stranger to this and 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 
there's no way the everyone involved with the film, including Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick, don't know about this part of it. Right. So I'm hoping they like because it was already a queer, like pretty queer, that they lean into it way more Me for the too. sequel because it was already queer and that was confirmed, but then it was really embraced by the queer community. So I'm hoping they like maybe they go it. like in a Killing Eve direction, sort of. Maybe yeah. yeah, like I'm hoping for some more explicit, like explicitly queer stuff. And I, yeah. I, I do agree with you. Like, I don't think I, I need more. I would certainly not turn my head at more. But yeah. I, I think for like it being a mainstream film, like wide mm-hmm. release film with the cast that it has, with the director that it has, like I was pretty stoked for the amount of queer content that was that was in it, like like tangible queer content, right? Um. I just hope I just want more because I'm Same. a little greedy bitch and they're making a sequel. So it's like, yeah. why not ask for more? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's their relationship is what drives the movie and what makes yeah. it, what makes it, how good it is. Like no offense so, to Henry Golding. Sweet, yeah. sweet guy. Sean's a, Sean's a nice guy. He's trying, but like, we're not here for another love. They're, they're everything, you know? Yeah, they're everything. He's just Ken, you know? Like, yes, yes. <laughs> just bought Kayla and I tickets to opening night of Barbie. Oh, my God. Yeah. I so highly cute. recommend if you are planning on seeing it opening weekend, tickets went on sale this past week for one of the, for, in, the regals in chicago mm-hmm. and i went to get us tickets for opening night and it was already half sold out and it is i mean all the pre-showings second, were sold out so i bought it on like june 22nd and it comes out july 21st yeah so. like a month ahead of time yes so yeah. highly recommend i'm actually so stoked about it got some prime seats I'm so, I'm such a Barbie, Barbie bitch so i'm Barbie bitch Barbie I'm bitch i'm so excited Oppenheimer will be myself Kayla's like, I don't care about that. And I'm like, I know. That's I really, me. I'm, I'm Kayla. I don't care about Oppenheimer. I'm going to see it because I, I see everything and I know it's yeah, going to be yeah. good, but like, yeah. no, it's all about Barbie. But I still do want that Barbenheimer shirt that went viral on Twitter. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want it. Good. I want it. Yeah. <laughs> There's this one t shirt, I think, uh, from Pop something. Oh, I can't remember. Now I'm going to be mad. I can't remember where it's from, but it's a pink shirt. And in the Barbie font, it says, do you ever think about dying? I want that shirt. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Based on the quote from the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Okay, Sorry. Back to Um, the movie. But yeah, like they would be stupid. I mean, they have to explore their relationship some more in the sequel even if they don't go in a romantic route that's what drives the mm-hmm. the film so i feel like they have to explore that further in the sequel yeah regardless, they would be stupid not to they would be stupid not to and regardless like we're gonna get some like heavy flirting longing stares like sassy comments back and forth like we're gonna yeah. get all the good stuff that stuff is ooh, that's catnip to mama <laughs> love that shit <laughs> love it love it love it uh let's see i think it's just like when we always do these movies that we love it's hard to i, know. I, think, we, I think we broke down into a lot of it too when we were doing the plot but uh i just i, I got so excited i couldn't help yeah. it and now <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. It's so funny. Well, this is like the last episode we recorded. It was like almost two hours <laughs> or I think two hours. And it's like, you know, there's so much to talk about. And it's not that we disliked that movie. It was just. It was a, a lot heavy, more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then we went to a movie that you and I just love. And we're like 30 <laughs> minutes in like, well, should we rate it? <laughs> we loved it six <laughs> was there uh any other moments or things that stuck out for you or, or or maybe in this reviewing that you hadn't realized before that's a great question um hmm. i guess i i already did mention it in the beginning but i i guess I felt a little dumb that even though it did feel gay to me, the first watch, it wasn't as explicit for me and my first couple watches. And then I, and then I watched it like three years later and I was like, Oh, why did I think that (laughs) there's so many, there's so many, I actually, the specifically, I don't recall really taking in the, I loved you comment yeah and then last night i was like that's that's a full-blown love confession yeah and she says it it right after she says i love you to henry golding and you know you know how she means it to him so you know she means it the same way right yeah right she's like i loved you too like Mm -hmm. it's the same yeah Mm -hmm. yeah what about you um I forgot Gene Smart was in it. That was that was a great surprise. Um, yeah, I think I did. I think even I did not remember Anna Kendrick saying "I love you" to her, which was really a really nice validation to see this time around. Um, I remembered Linda Cardellini, and so I knew that Blake Lively's character was explicitly queer, which is why I chose to watch it and wanted to discuss it. Um, and yeah, I just I think it's so fun. I hope we get to see the the only the only pullback for me is the moments when we don't get to see Blake Lively as much. So I hope we get to see her getting up to lots of stuff in the sequel. Oh, um, if it's set in Italy, yeah, and it's a sequel. <laughs> her and I bet you too because sequels. I'm I sequels love mirroring specific shots and scenes from the from the original yeah film like i we know we're gonna get her walking off of a yacht yeah like <laughs> a la white lotus style <laughs> like head to toe in this like bang in suit and we're and it's gonna be really similar to like her entrance when when you know her and stephanie first meet and i cannot yeah. wait i can't wait for it oh uh, that that scene when she's coming across the parking lot in the rain that is just a cinematic masterpiece yes and then she says like the most spicy things like the moment she meets this other mom (laughs) like oh no mommy needs a drink or whatever she says (laughs) i think she does say mommy needs a drink Mm. (laughs) mommy do need a drink mommy Uh. do (laughs) (laughs) so let's uh let's go ahead and rate the movie uh here at queer movie night we rate on two different scales one uh being the vita russo test which is a media metric uh that examines queer representation in media it follows three rules one that the film has queer representative uh identifiable characters two that the queer characters have personality traits other than being queer and three that removing them 
From the plot would change it significantly. I would say this one passes with flying colors. Interestingly enough. Interestingly enough. Crazy enough. It does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you couldn't remove either of the women from this movie. Mm-hmm. And it does identify them both as queer. Um, and uh, the second is our homegrown rating system, which is a zero to six based it's on. It's got to be martinis. It's got to be martinis. Yeah. The perfect martini. The perfect martini, which is the opposite of a perfect martini to me. Because <laughs> my favorite cocktail in the whole wide world is, I'm sure I've said it before, an extra dirty, a filthy vodka martini. <laughs> um, and Logan was saying it's so crazy that it has no vermouth in it. <laughs> Just the vermouth wash, said, which by the way, which she throws, <laughs> just throws onto the ground of her yeah. house. Yeah, yeah. Love and she that says, scene. "Don't grab a towel." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, th- but it is no matter how you take a martini, it is yeah. always sexy seeing somebody yeah. drink a martini. Are you a martini Absolutely. drinker? Um, I don't think so. I don't think I don't like olives, and I don't. I don't think I've. I'm not sure if I've tried a martini like the, or the, not. The the twist way with the lemon yeah. with the lemon peel. I might like it with the lemon. Yeah, I might like I it have, with lemon. Yeah, like I've I've had gin martinis. I've had vodka martinis. I've had them dirty. I've had them, you know, mm-hmm. with a twist. All the different ways. I've found my preferred way. But I think a martini is always really good. Yeah, but I'm it more makes of a lot f- of people gag. Yeah, I'm more of a fruity drink kind of person. Mm-hmm. I sure, like sure. a Moscow Mule. Oh, uh, yeah. sex, sex on the beach is my favorite. Oh, drink. I haven't had a it's sex just, on the beach and in... just like a bunch of juice, oh, God, basically. <laughs> yeah, I drink pretty exclusively. I do love I do love margaritas and and tequila. Oh. I like I like tequila based drinks. Yeah. A lot. yeah, Kayla loves a Paloma. She yeah. loves margaritas and Palomas. Yeah, I'm a. It's if I'm if I drink a dirty martini is in a specific atmosphere at a place where I know it's going to be made well. So it's usually at like a really nice dinner Yeah, and I'll treat myself. Otherwise um, I'm bud, I'll drink my Bud Light <laughs> or I drink a glass of red wine. I do love champagne. I yeah. Love champagne. Well, this has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> no, 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 and you're good. The, like very end of the episode. I'm like, what's <laughs> your cocktail of choice? I love it. I love it. Um, Yeah. So for rating, I would give it, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's maybe I'm being biased, but I got, I'm gonna give it six martinis. I don't know. Dumb. I don't see anything wrong with it. Dam Daniel. Dam Daniel. I mean, yeah. I, it could be more queer, but like I like it how it is. It's fine. Yeah, I I'm gonna go with six. Sorry, <laughs> I love this movie. Yeah, it's so fun. I love it, and I will just like Barbie. I will be there on opening night for a <laughs> favorite two. Absolutely, we should we should get together for some. Oh, that'd be two. fun. That'd be yes. so fun. We can get martinis beforehand. Um. Thank you all for listening. This is so fun. Yes, thank you. We'll have a new episode for you in a couple weeks. Uh, please uh, like, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a note. We started getting some suggestions for films to watch, which was fun. So we're going to take a look at those. Um, uh, you can follow me. Uh, you can follow Queer Movie Night um, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, uh, Queer Movie Night. 
You can follow me, Peyton Cody Lynch, on Instagram and Twitter and on Letterboxd. You can also listen to me discuss uh, popular franchises on Franchise Surprise with Nick Lathan and Rich Camelucci. And you can follow me, Deborah Duncan, on Twitter or Deborah D. Bag on Instagram. Uh, bye. Uh, bye. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.